I just want to share a couple things on where we're at, where the church is at, what's happening, what's happening. Look to your neighbor and just say, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, we, we need to know what God's doing in these times, and I, I really feel like, how many are glad 2020's gone? Thank you. I don't even want to do a redo. Let's leave it, right? I didn't miss anything. Actually, it was kind of a good rest to reset spiritually. I felt like it was good. And, um, but we are seeing there's, there's still a lot of fear. And um, I know that the spirit of fear is not of God. So we need to just stand and, and believe that the Lord is about to unleash something that's never been unleashed before. And, um, and I truly believe that, um, you know, in, in the fact that almost, I think almost 60% of the churches are still shut down. Yeah, that's, we're, we're blessed in New Hampshire. Actually, I, I know that they went to the governor and said, listen, if you don't open the churches 100%, then we're going to have to do something. And he said, okay. And so supposedly we're open to 100%. Of course, I know we're, on, we're, we're live now, aren't we? Because we, we did, you know, four months closed down. I mean, four weeks, six weeks shut down, and then we opened back up. Um, and some people have the opinion, and I think it's church people have the opinion, that it's irresponsible to do that. But I'm here to tell you God is unchained. And he doesn't, he doesn't go by what we think is right or what we think is, 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 should be happening on the earth. I think that we need to be in this position that the Lord has put us at, so that the, the, the true church begins to arise. And so I'm calling forth for the remnant to arise tonight. And I, I feel like the, the Holy Spirit has just thrown a couple of truths at me tonight, and I'll just share those things. But I truly believe that God is about to unleash some of the greatest things on the planet that we've seen in history. I don't care. You can talk about the first and second great awakening. You can talk about Azusa Street. You can talk about the Welsh revival. I believe what God is about to pour out is going to be greater than all that combined together. And so I want people, listen, I'm telling you, it's not a time to sit back and wait for something to happen. It's time to mobilize, and it's time to be, be just go forward with God and don't wait on something to be, you know, God's doing all kinds of things right now. As a matter of fact, I sense his spirit being poured out greater than ever. I sense the spirit of prophecy being poured out greater than ever. I sense healing being poured out greater than ever in these times. And so I'm just going to encourage you tonight and I want you to just go with me to 2 Timothy and we'll just start there and we'll see what the Lord does. But I'm just going to read from uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, starting in verse 7, and I'm just going to share a scripture with you, and then we'll run. But I, I truly, truly believe that the Lord's about to break out in such ways that we, have not, that we have not seen, and God will do what he said he's going to do. Acts chapter 2 is just a foretaste of what he's about to pour out in these days that we live in, and and so I just want you to, to go with me, and I'm really not going to, everything, see, every message should have the resurrection in it. Every, every, every message should be speaking about the blood of Jesus. 
That's the gospel that Paul preached. And, and you're going to see here, there's, there's some things that the Lord really uh, wants to show us. And I, I don't want you to limit God. Man, I hate limiting the Lord. And God does not want you to put him on a hinge and hang him somewhere and, and allow him, oh, God, I'll get back to that later. No, he's involved with your, your life and everything that you do right now, right here, right now. And he's looking to move through you in a, in a, a powerful way at any given moment. So I'm just encouraging you with this. It says this in verse 7, says, remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. For which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, and even to the points of chain. But the word of God is not chained. I'm going to focus on that tonight. The word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they may obtain the salvation which is in Jesus Christ the, with the eternal glory. Now, I just want you to stop for a minute, because if you go to, if we just jump to Acts chapter 26, I can't go through all the things that I just began to prepare, and I began to read through, but I think of Acts chapter 26, Acts chapter 25, Paul's put in prison, Paul's seized, because he's doing, you know, he's doing what he does. He casts out devils, he heals the sick, and they don't like that, because he's preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I just want you to stop for a minute and think about what Paul, he said, it's my gospel. And I believe because Paul spent a, a, a great amount of time in the Arabian desert with the Lord Jesus, I believe as he speaks in scripture, he says that an angel of the Lord or the Lord was with him and spoke to him. And even in this context, I'm going to tell you that when he showed up as Paul was being persecuted in Jerusalem, Listen, it was an angry mob. They had to hide him. They needed security to move him around. Listen, this is crazy stuff. <laughs> and I'm saying this because what day we live in, I do not want you to fear. Because Paul wrote the Gospels. I mean, Paul wrote his epistles so that you would walk in such strength and in power and in confidence that you would not be afraid of one thing that would come down the pike at you. And I'm telling you, God is raising up a church in this hour that will not be denied because the word of the Lord is not chained. And I'm telling you tonight that there's a, there's a power that's being released on the church even now. If we can see it, if we can press, listen, sometimes it just takes a little pressing into. And I know God gives us, I, listen, I've been preaching on the resurrection for three or four weeks. Listen, Jesus came out of glory. He came to do that so that he would take everything upon himself. Listen, you're all saved in here, you know. But I, I'm telling you, sometimes we need to hear it again. The, the Bible tells us that Jesus came, he took all of those things so that I could be completely engrafted into him. And so in his humanness, he gave me everything that he had in divinity. Oh, you missed it. Oh, everything in divinity. And I'm telling you that there's something that the Lord wants us to know. And this was the gospel that Paul preached. What was his gospel? It was God's gospel. It was Jesus' gospel. It was actually, God, I will do anything. I don't care what they say. If they're going to cut my body into 27 pieces and send it all over Jerusalem, I will not stop. I will not shut up. I will not be quiet. I will not, I will not settle down. I will keep moving. I will keep doing what you told me to do, and I won't, I won't shrink back. 
And so there's something that the Lord wants the church to get ablaze with, awakened to. And that is we are fearless. We won't stop. We will not quit. We will go forward. I don't care what it looks like. God's saying step in and push in. And listen, there is such glory on that. There's such glory on that. So he says this. He says, remember, because he's specifically talking about the, the lineage of David that comes, the seed of David that he came from. And he, he appeared in history because why? Because it was appointed time. It was the fullness of time. And so he, he just goes on with this, and he says, to the point of chains. And listen, they brought him to Jerusalem, and the Lord himself showed up in his cell. at the end of the book of Acts, and says to him, don't worry about it. I'm bringing you, not just, he said, you will leave from Jerusalem and you will go to Rome. Because Rome, he had to go to Caesar. He had to go to the one. He had to go to the one and speak to all these, all these dignitaries and all these people. And he shared the gospel even to the point of Felix saying, I might even believe that. And so even in what God is trying, listen, you think the pressure that's on the church right now is not from God? Oh, it's from Jesus, I promise you. It's from the Lord. It's from the Lord himself. Signed, sealed, delivered as an edict to the American church right now. I'm telling you, there's a delivery of, of something good. And God's saying, who pick it up? Who take it? Who grab it? Who, who grab it? Who believe that my word is unchained? My word cannot be restrained. The thing that I have, it won't stop and, and, and it won't ever. It's not throughout history. It's not happened in 2,000 years. It won't happen anymore. It won't happen. So even if we're under severe persecution, I know, we like this message, right? <laughs> we like it. I'll take my cross, and I'll go home and watch gospel TV. No, really, I, listen, the Lord is wanting us to step into something powerful powerful so i want you to understand because romans chapter 8 i'm just going to bounce on a couple things not romans sorry john chapter 8 john chapter 8 and you guys know this you don't even have to turn there you don't even have to turn there i promise you you can write it down but john chapter 8 verse 31 32 says if you abide in me and my word you're my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth and what the truth shall set you free you shall abide in my word. And listen, when he says abide, when you abide, that means you dwell with. But there's another word. It's called a secret. You secretly find. And even know, same thing. When he says, you shall know the truth. When we know the truth, we secretly have met with Jesus and we know exactly what God's doing in this hour. But here we go. I just want you to see when we remain, when we wait, when we abide, God's wanting us to wait for the word of the Lord. I'm telling you, God will give you, give you. He will speak to you as we wait, as we remain, as we abide, as we don't move, as we just wait on him. 
as my life just begins to go into this place where I, I continually dwell where the Lord is. Because we can't do anything unless we're dwelling where the Lord is. If I don't remain in him, if I don't abide with him, and, ex, and, the, and the key word, right, in abide is that you expect something in the future. There's an internal meaning of that word, abide. It's that you expect something. You wait, and God releases something for your future. And I'm telling you, sometimes he just says, I know this about the Lord. When he speaks simple things or he shows simple visions, I, I just get, a, I, I get laid out. All you need him to do is speak one word to you and something just begins to burst. Like I can't, I can't even fathom and I can't deal with the Lord sometimes when he just says, I love you. <laughs> we don't need to hear another thing. I love you. I want you. I delight in you. Come, abide with me. Come, abide with me. Come, remain with me. Come, just stay. Wait, 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 wait. Don't leave. How many have ever had that with the Holy Spirit? Like the Holy Spirit is like, and you're like, I, I could go do something. The Holy Spirit's like, no, wait, wait, just wait. Don't you want that? I mean, we want God to speak to us, but we're always in a rush to get out and do something else. And, and I'm not saying, see, because the fruit of, of us abiding is good works. It's just going to happen. Because when I'm with Jesus, I begin to look more like him. And the, the, come on, the ooze, the goo of God gets on me. Come on, the anointing. It gets on me. And when I go near other people, they go, wow, what is that you have? Something different about you. Why? Why? And God's saying, come and abide. Come and abide. Come and abide. Come and stay. Come and stay. And the word, the gospel that's preached about Christ, we want the word of God to become completely alive. And I am telling you, as you abide and remain, the words of God become alive. Why would Paul talk about this? And it's not the only place where it's saying, listen, it says at the end of his life that all of a sudden he's in Rome. He finally gets there. And they give him house arrest. And he's got it pretty good till the end. <laughs> but they allowed. It, there was no hindrance. He was still in chains. Yet the gospel was going forth with no hindrance. How, does, how do you perceive that? How do you even think of that? What, the, he's in change. He's, he's under house arrest. He's, he's confined, but the gospel's still going forth. There's something beyond what we see and something beyond what we know. And we know American Christianity as the big platform, and we get the big stadium, in the, in the, in, and that's good. I'm not saying we don't do that. We'll do that, you know. We want to do that. We want to win the masses. But there's something about Paul's life that he just went place to place to place, and he, and he worked, and he sweated, and he toiled, and he did things, and God began to just... It was the gospel that was released. And demons flew out of people. And people were raised from the dead. And all kinds of things. And there's things that we don't know all throughout the book of Acts and the epistles that we don't understand about Paul's life. Never mind Jesus. So as he says this, 
if you remain in me, if you abide in me, in my word, you are my disciples. That means I'm his pupil. That means as, a, as, a, as he mentors me, I'm, a clo- I, I'm closer to him. <laughs> we miss this. We think discipleship's like a bad word. God's saying, come, come, come. I want to teach you. How about if the Holy Spirit, your teacher, began to teach you in such a way that we didn't miss one thing? God, when God begins to teach, we don't miss a thing. Oh, come on. Come on. And that we know the truth and the truth will set us free. See, here's the unhinging of the word of God because God is about to unhinge some things in the word for you as you abide as a disciple. As you, as you lock in as a disciple, as you begin to move in and, in, and in, we just wait on the Lord. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel. What was my gospel? Romans chapter 1 and verse 1 says this. It talks about Paul being a, a, Roman, a, a bondservant of Christ, and he's separated to the gospel. How many in the room are separated to the gospel? Oh, come on. Help me. Are you separated to the gospel? What does it even look like? I tell you, God is trying to separate the bride to himself. Just as I said, abide in me. He's trying to separate us to himself so that we can walk in truth. He's trying to separate us under the gospel, under the message. And the message was, the message was this. It was that he was born of David, but, but he, it was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of Holiness. According to the Spirit of Holiness by the resurrection of the dead. He was declared to be the Son of God. And that is Paul's gospel, declaring the Son of God, who was raised from the dead. This is the weakest link in the church right now. (laughs) Come on. Belief in the power of the resurrection. I know we have Easter Sunday. We put our dresses on. Well, not me. Put our hats on. You understand? We celebrate, you know, 75% of people that haven't gone to church in, in the whole year go to church on Easter or Christmas. But I'm just talking about Easter because we celebrate resurrection. Yet the church is not walking in the fullness of resurrection. And so when we want to preach the same gospel that Jesus, the gospel of the kingdom. What, what was the gospel of Paul? It was the gospel of the kingdom of God. That when I show up, that when you show up, when you step into that place, that you begin to declare Jesus Christ resurrected. 
that he's risen from the dead. It's not a lie. It's truth. And it's the truth that wakes up and brings dead things to life. It brings the places that we're broken. It brings the places that we need healing. It brings the places that we're absent and even estranged from God. It brings it to life. The gospel is power. And his power is fullness of who he is, resurrection life, being released, no questions asked. So I think of, because when I think of resurrection, I think of when Jesus showed up at his best friend's grave, right? And he just does that, you know, Mary, the, the, he's, he's moaning, he's groaning, he's literally groaning, and he's calling his friend forth. That what? The glory of God may be revealed. That the glory of God. And I don't think we understand, even with Jesus, when he was bound, they bound you when you were dead. They bound you up with a hundred plus pounds of stuff to just wrap you up. You even if you were thinking about life, you're dead. You're embalmed and covered and anointed, and, and you can't breathe in there. So any life is gone. And he calls Lazarus forth. <laughs> and so what did that even look like? Come on, yo, what did that even look like? <laughs> what? Really? I mean, how did he come out? That's probably what it looked like. How's he coming out? He's not doing this. He's doing this. And Jesus uses the same words that Paul used when he said, the word of God is not bound. He said, loose him and let him go. I'm telling you, God is looking for someone. He's looking for someone, even in the room tonight, that will step into this. And the fullness of resurrection life, you, you flow in. You don't back off. You step into. It's called, I'm a disciple. I remain in God, and I don't go to heavenly places and not do the right thing on the earth. I remain in the Lord, and I walk in this life with excellence. And I'm not flaky and weird. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. And the prophetic word can come forth in power and strength and might and change nations, change businesses, change your neighbor's dog. I don't care. Something. No, we've, come on, we've, I've, we've cast out spirits out of dogs that would, come on. My dog had seizures. We had to pray. He got healed. I'm encouraging you tonight. We're walking in this. When he says, loose, God wants to loose you. He wants to loose your tongue. Oh, don't look up. 
Loose your tongue. Loose the things that hold you back. Right? Because some of us, we're like, we're feeling like we have to strain to get in the presence of God. No, God opened the door. He opened the door. The word of God. God's presence can't be chained. It is not chained. It's not, you have full access to it. It is not being held back. It's loosed. Come on, it's loosed in this place tonight. It's loosed in your life tonight. God wants to open your mind and unlock the door and open the gates and move you into new realms because you have to, you have to perceive him by your mind, but you need revelation. You need revelation. You need God to come with the fullness of who he is in revelation, knowledge. That comes by remaining, abiding, staying. Waiting, holding, don't move. Loose. So the word of God is not bound. It's not imprisoned. It's not restricted. It's not inhibited. It's not incapacitated. It's not held back. It is full. It is not silenced. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Say it. Say it. I'm telling you, God's trying to loose. Ready? God's trying to open up and loose your voice. Don't be intimidated. Don't be intimidated. Matthew chapter 16. You all know this too. Been over it a thousand times. Matthew chapter 16. Now I want you to just realize. They're going... They're walking as usual, going somewhere, and then the, the question comes, who do you say I am? Some say Elijah. Some say a prophet. But who do you say that I am? He says, you are the Christ, the Son of God. Of course, Peter has the right answer always. <laughs> and he said, blessed are you. Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. I also, pray, I also say that you are, you are Peter upon this rock. I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Shall not prevail against it. Shall not prevail against it. Doesn't matter what's being loosed on the earth. The gates of hell will not prevail against the word of God. Will not prevail against it. Because the, the church, the church should be abiding in his word. The church should be filled with power and abiding in his word. And he says this, and I give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, 
and whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And I'm going to ask you tonight, what are you loosing on the earth? What are you binding on the earth? And when I say this, God, right, the Lord said this as he came in with a whip and flipped the tables. <laughs> Talk about a shaking. He said, my house shall be a house of prayer. I just want you to stop for a minute and listen, listen to what I'm saying. Because the reality is God says, come and pray and abide. Sometimes when we're remaining, and, and why I said these, why I said sometimes it's the secret place, God pulls us into the secret place, that's where we know, that's where we understand, that's where knowledge of who he is begins to unravel in us. When I am in his presence, when I am, when I am listening in prayer, not talking in prayer, but listening in meditational prayer and listening to his voice, he begins to reveal things. And I can read something in the word and it just explodes in me. But the, 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 the prevailing word of God will come alive inside of you. As a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 4 says he is the word. He is the living word that comes in and cuts and discerns the motives of the heart, and discerns where our lives are at, and discerns, and I, I'm saying this tonight because God wants to loose us into a brand new realm where we understand and hear his voice and move into what he's called us to, and we don't sit back and wait. Whew. See? Keys are to what? Unlock doors. Keys are to unlock gates. They're giving access or entrance. Or they're keeping something from you. The word of God is unchained. The word of God is not inhibited. His words to you are not held up someplace. God said, I gave you the keys to the kingdom. I gave you a door to open. I gave you the key to open a door that can bring you access. And it's by the blood of Jesus that we have access. We don't have to work up something or whip up something new. There is no new formula. It's only one way. It's by the precious blood that I have boldness and I walk towards him and I move into his holy presence and I must walk in holiness and I must walk in excellence and I must walk with a perfect heart so that when I enter in to his, oh, come on, we don't like that, but God's looking for us to enter into his gates with, yes, thanksgiving, but he's looking for us to enter in with hearts that are before him, walking, come on, that he delights in you, and I'm not saying about working something up, but I'm telling you, God has given us full access to open and go through, and nothing's holding you back. Not one thing is holding you back. Not one thing. I'm giving you, he said, I give you keys. That means you bind. Ready? Because there are principalities, powers, and different things that will come at you. So you must bind those things. But then he says, loose. And that means you can command those doors. Ah, you hearing me? 
Speak to the door. Say, God, I'm coming in. And there's nothing been locked up for you. But there's places where God, listen, he's given you access and he's trying to get you to step in to the gate, to the glory. To the place where he dwells. And so you've been given keys as a king. Oh, I'll just stop there. Kings and priests. But as a king, you have access to the whole palace. As a king, who's a king? Come on, some of you are queens. It's okay. As kings, you have access to step right in. You don't, you're not stuck outside. You have, listen, I, I go back to that wild dream. I went in and out of dreams with uh, that one about Catherine Kuhlman that I was pulled in and out of. But the Lord, I actually got up for a few minutes and went back to bed and I went back into the dream. It was definitely a Jesus dream because, anyway. But he brought me, she brought me, and she was the Holy Spirit. That's all she really, I mean, it was miracle ministry. But it was the Holy Spirit bringing me down a path into Father's house. But in that, in that house, there was free access to go everywhere. He wants you in every place. He wants you where he dwells. He wants you in the place of rest. He wants you in the bedroom where intimacy takes place. He wants you in that place where you come with him and he tells you secrets. Come on, pillow talk with God. And God wants to bring us into that place of great intimacy so that when we open the door to the next room, come on, there's something great. There's all the delicacies in the kitchen that he wants to give you. And you have the parlors in the place where you can just relax and rest with God. And so I just, I'm encouraging you today. God's prevailing power is on the church right now. All right, let me make it personal. It's on your life right now. It's not a far off. It's on your life right now. And so he wants to bring you into that place where you're fully able. And this is what it means, that you prevail. You're fully able and you're, you're strong enough. Look at your neighbor and say, you're strong enough. You are strong enough. And you are fully able to defeat and overcome every enemy. I'm telling you, God has given you not a spirit of fear that holds back, but a spirit of love and of power and of a sound mind. You don't, you're not subjected to the things of this earth. And I don't, honestly, I believe that the Lord is saying, listen, who will rise up? Who will stand? Who will move in? Who will step up? Who will begin to just deny themselves and move in? To where God's calling. He wants to reveal himself as king. And the king rules and reigns in every place. He's not subject to other kings. 
He is the king of kings. The one and only king, the true king. The one who doesn't sit outside. But he has given you full access to step in. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which I suffer trouble. And as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. I want you to understand tonight that he's not holding one thing back. That the word of God has been loosed over your life. And some of us sit in a place and we've, we've been carrying pain. We've been carrying things that the Lord, I believe, can touch. And so even tonight, I just want to stand in the place and just tell you there's an open door right now. Just stand with me for a second. Spirit, we just invite you once again, just come and we thank you. I'm just going to encourage you right now. Know this, that the Lord is trying to open things up. Actually, it's all open. He just wants you to step in. So he's given you keys. And so nothing can hold back what he wants to do in your life, even in these moments. That the word of God will perform that which he purposed in your life as you just continue to cooperate with him, as you continue to abide with him, as you continue to remain with him, as you continue to step in. 
and there's going to be a floodgate of his power and his presence to unchain every place where you've been bound up. And I say that. That's just some that's just a word I'm saying because there's places that you haven't had access to, but God wants to bring it, you into that place. It's places that the Lord hasn't been holding back from you, but places that you haven't entered into yet. And I believe that the Lord is releasing an invitation even tonight for us to walk into that place, even together, nothing, no hindrance, the word of God over your life is unchained. It's no longer I'm held back. There's healing in the room. There's deliverance in the room. Why? Because Jesus is here. The word that cannot be stopped, that cannot be held back, that will not be hindered, that will not be stopped. So God, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we honor you, we love you.